Jack, we love a Jack. We love to help, and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of your frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory natters. You know what? It's Jenny here with another Sensory Matters show and today I am chatting to Tracy of Aspie Doodles um, It's who many of you probably do actually know um, So hi Tracy, how are you? Hi Jenny, I'm fine thank you, how are you? Yeah, really good thank you um, So Tracy and I, well Tracy got in touch, um, she's local to where I am, not far away And we're going to be working on some exciting things together which is fab and exciting but we can't tell you too much at the moment but watch this space but yeah Tracy's an all-round kind of interesting person and so I thought it would make a really good episode to have a chat to her and um, she can walk us through her life so when did you first find out that you were on the spectrum? Um, I was diagnosed two years ago um, and it was actually completely by accident as well because um i i was in the mental health services for um just because i felt like i wasn't coping well with life in general it was um so i was assigned a social worker um and it was my social worker that actually uh, recognized the, some traits in me and you know she she asked me, do, do you think that you're autistic? And I, I never thought about it at all until she said it. Um, and then um, it took about, from there, it took about a year to get diagnosed. Right, okay. So what, what was the process for diagnosis for you? What route did you go through? Um, I had to first, um, I had to fill out um, a questionnaire that uh, basically, um, was to see if I met any of the criteria for to be on the spectrum and then I had to get three different professionals to diagnose me Um, so it was a psychologist, a speech and language therapist and a psychiatrist as well that um, you know, decided whether I was autistic or not. So it was quite stressful yeah. because, you know, you're getting told that you are, but it's just like to get the form of diagnosis, it was just like, oh my God, if I pick up fact that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was a long process. Yeah. So really a diagnosis quite late in life. What was it that that social worker saw in you that triggered her thought that you might be on the spectrum um she she's actually autistic as well okay um so she she recognized it in me because just things that i was saying to her because i was saying that um especially after work or when i'm socializing i'm coming home really tired and i'm constantly you know exhausted from social situations and i think it was just things that were like certain things that were bringing home to her, like, oh, I think she's on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, so she just came out with it one day and it was, like, actually quite a shock 
Yeah, I bet. Like when she said that, because um, I do work with autistic people, um, and it was just I I can't believe I I could never like see myself in them as well. But after she after she um she said that I I done some research on um autistic females and it's just like I fit in that box quite well <laughs> so really kind of like a bit of an eye-opener almost like you've been walking through life blind and then suddenly you saw all these traits in yourself and it felt really obvious yeah yeah it did I went through quite of like a process of like trying to find myself again because it was just it was quite weird it was like an identity crisis almost like Oh, like who am I? What is my autistic side and what is me? Yeah. You know, like until I like married them together, you know, because I wouldn't be me if I wasn't autistic. Yeah. You know, so just it it took a while for me to like accept, you know, like I am who I am, and almost like I celebrate it now because it's you know um I know how to. Well, I'm getting to know how um, to manage being autistic, you know, to give myself the rest that I need to recharge and not to give myself such a hard time about not being able to do things straight away and knowing that I need a bit of extra time to process things and things like that. So it's just because I was trying to live in a neurotypical world, that's why I was finding it difficult. But... Now I've accepted that I'm autistic and I just run with it now. I get on a lot better. Yeah, so for you, getting a diagnosis was a really positive thing, although initially a bit of a shock out of the blue. Once yeah. you processed it, it's been a positive thing. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And so in what, what other way does, you mentioned that you find social situations exhausting, which is very, very common. Are there any other traits that you have that make up your autism? Oh, God, that's a hard one. Maybe being put on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, like sensory things. I know you're not a big chewer, but are you a fidgeter? Um, I do I do fidget um, a lot. And I didn't really, because um, when I was researching it and stimming was coming up, and I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't think I do stim. And then I got like you fidget like all the time like if it's not like you're here or like you're touching your face or yeah. you know you're you're always fidgeting with something I'm like oh I never noticed <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I do I do fiddle like with my jewelry or anything that I've got on anything yeah. I can get my hands on really <laughs> so what about because you're married you and you've got a little girl so and mm-hmm. um your, your your daughter's what is she seven eight She's six. Six. Um, so you, you've obviously, your husband obviously has been through this as well, thinking that he's married and you're a typical person to find out that you've got autism. How, how did that go down? Um, he was, uh, he's been really supportive, you know, and he's, he's really good with me. Um, you know, like when I have some meltdowns, <laughs> You know, because it does happen, mm-hmm. um, and he knows how to handle it. He's really he's a he's a carer, so 
he he's naturally quite good at you know calming me down and just dealing with my quirkiness. Yeah. Um. So he was he was a bit shocked at first because he he didn't really know anybody that was on the spectrum or he hadn't really known anything about autism. So he was interested as well. So he he was doing a lot of these things with me. And he, he just was just like, oh, yeah, totally fixed, you know, like, this is you. Like, he was, a, like, me, you know, like, I can't believe we didn't see it before. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant that you've got that support around you. And so is your daughter aware as well? Um, She's still a bit young. I'm, I'm in the process of getting her diagnosed as well. Because okay. I think she's on the spectrum. But that is very difficult. Yeah because she's a child and they're very reluctant to diagnose her so young. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, and, and people will know this, you've listened, listened to other episodes, for it, it seems to me that early diagnosis has a really positive effect on a person's self-worth and then mental um, state it of mind. Does. So that's why I'm totally pushing for it, because the amount of self-esteem issues I have and depression and anxiety and I think it all stems from a late diagnosis. So look yeah absolutely. So looking looking back on it, do you now feel like you never quite fitted at school and Definitely. I was I was always a weirdo <laughs> at school. <laughs> and I was really shy and I was always like well, I had a really small group of friends. It was about four of us and then my best friend and I would always like stick to her like glue mm -hmm. like it was, I was always with her and that's quite common yeah. um and uh I'd always like look at all the popular kids and be like like looking at them going like this is what you have to do to fit in and like I would try and copy what they were doing and I would always fail and it always <laughs> look like an idiot trying to just like fit in because I'd always want to fit in and I'd always want to like wear the latest clothes and you know like be fashionable and just like not stick out as you know as much as I did but no matter what I did it never worked. Yeah. Are you so. still friends with those friends? Um, I am on Facebook, but they're, uh, I lived in England right. and I'm in Scotland, so it's just like, I do speak to them yeah. still, but, you know, I always find it hard to make friends. Yeah. What What made that difficult, do you think? I would just, I would never know what to say. I would mm -hmm. never, like, because I tend to always, like, have scripts in my head of what to say to people mm -hmm. you know like small talk is quite difficult for me mm -hmm. to do um so i don't know i would just never know what to say and i would always get really flustered or you know i would always doubt myself you know like i wasn't interested enough or i'd always try and you know like have the interest that they have or you know, like, it's really hard to pinpoint it. Yeah, no, that may, it, it makes sense. If you've, it, I think it's interesting that you're saying you, you now have scripts for small talk. So is that a strategy that you've developed to help you as an adult? Yeah, it's always like, 
like as I've gotten older, you know, I know like there's like certain scripts for everything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like um I'm not very good at thinking on on my feet, so if like there's a situation like I don't have a script for, I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's interesting that you're saying as you so you were basically describing their masking which is very very common in girls that you're doing everything you can to be under the radar and not stand out and you know just fit in I suppose but all the time feeling like a square peg in a round hole but Mm -hmm. you you're looking at these popular girls and wanting to be fashionable and probably being fashionable and copying them Yet now, for those that are listening on audio and you can't see Tracy, Tracy is a absolute rainbow of colour and you've developed very much your own style. So I'm going to describe you for the people that can't see you. So Tracy's got this most amazing hair. We're right in the middle. Um, Half of her head is purple and half of her head is pink. She's got those big kind of earring things that you could put your finger through in her ears, in her earlobes, and then dangly what looks like bright pink jellyfish. Are they jellyfish? They're rainbows, a little, like... um, Oh, yeah, no rainbows. Yeah. Um, So full of charisma and style and character and very, very unique. And from the outside looking in, I always see people like you and I think, wow, you must be super confident to be able to be so different to everybody else. Um, so how how did you evolve your style? And um, I've always loved colour. I've always loved, you know, like unique things as well. Like I don't I don't like to dress like everyone else. But then again, that's another talking point when I meet new people. They're always like, "Oh my god, you look amazing!" You know, where did you get this? Or where did you get your cardigan? You know, yeah. where did you get your hair done? So it's like it's easier for me to start the conversations okay. and get to know them yeah. because it's just like a conversation starter it's a nice breaker as well yeah but you know I'm always following like in art school um like there's so many different people there and you know they dress like differently and they're all like you know like not one person's the same and I always like that and I'm always searching for like new and interesting things because yeah. I like different textures as well. I'm very tactile, I like to feel things. Yeah. So I'm always looking for different things to wear. Yeah. So do you think that's become, you know, it's it's common, not always the case, but it's common that people on the spectrum have a special interest. So do you think that is maybe one of your special interests? Is Yeah. Yeah, I love I love clothes like I've, my wardrobe's just jam-packed full of it but I don't have enough <laughs> <laughs> cool okay yeah, so then I love it. We're going to take a quick break and tell you about this week's offer, which is 50% off a Zebula Miller heart. You can find that on our website, www.chewygem.co.uk. And don't forget, if you're looking for sensory support, you can join our Facebook group, Chewy Gem Sensory Support. Um, After school, so um, you obviously found school difficult, but didn't really know why until you... Got to. Yeah, just um, art was a way for me to just hide away from it all as well. Like um, um, art was the thing that I was good at. 
at school and it just remember like because it couldn't fit in I was quite depressed as well as a ch- as a teenager mm. um so I used to just go home and just draw all yeah. the time brilliant so that practice has obviously then got you to being a very very good artist so you then <laughs> went on and did what what did you do at college or uni well um i i left in fourth year because you know like school was just a nightmare for me so i went to my local college which is dundee and angus college mm-hmm. and i did three years of art there and to be honest, it was like the best years of my life there, like the best three years because I was able to like be me and I was like, the people there were, you know, like accepting of me as well and it was like where I actually like found myself Yeah. and I was just like, the friends that I made there, I are still like some of my best friends to this day and that was like over like 15 years ago yeah. <laughs> now so it's like I loved it there and then from the college I went to uh, Dun- uh, Duncan of Johnston uh, College of Art and I specialised in jewellery design okay so I've done four years there great so um that was good because I went there thinking that I would do fine art but then I was just like I want to learn like a skill mm-hmm. that I can make money off. So um, I went through, it was either textile design or jewellery design that I wanted to do. So um, when I went into the workshop, um, I fell in love with the jewellery workshop. So that just made up my mind. Brilliant. So I find it really, really interesting that so 15 years ago when you started college, before you had a diagnosis, you, you felt much more comfortable in that place um, mm-hmm. because I, I suppose, well, it's what you said. So is it sweeping generalisation, but are the arty types just a bit more accepting of the world because kind of uniqueness and variation is celebrated more than in mainstream? Is that fair? Well, I think because, like, I see more people like me and you know like they were different and they were just like they were a bit weird (laughs) like and I was just like yay there's actually people like me in the world you know and I feel like I wasn't hiding anymore and it was great you know and I really felt like I grew as a person like confidence wise and I was able to explore my personality and things like that brilliant so then after you'd done your jewellery design, what happened next? Um, after that, because I, I always had a plan from school. You know, school it was, from school it was three years at college and then four years at university. So I was always like in education or working. So after uni, I, I tried to do a bit of freelance work with my jewellery and then I got just a job in retail um, because I panicked like I was just like oh my god what do you do because back in them days it wasn't really anything that uh, that they prepared you for life after uni yeah. I was kind of like on you go you finished your degree now bye yeah. I was just like oh my god I'm in like so much debt and I've got to pay off this and I need to sell my jewellery so I kind of <laughs> like 
and um, I developed an eating disorder because I feel like it was just like all the control was taken out of my life and I didn't know what I was doing because when I finished uni and I was trying to sell on my that's when the credit crunch really hit hard. Yeah. So no one had any like disposable income to spend on jewellery and nothing was working and I was just like, oh my God, you know, I'm failing. And then, you know, I didn't like uh, being in retail. I found it quite stressful, like being around all these people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, my that, disorder that over. Going, going back to what but, you're saying about social interaction can exhaust you, then being in uh, retail, were you kind of like on the till or front of house or it was i worked in um vision express ah, okay. so it was a medical company so you know it, the only thing i could probably say about retail is you know like it was good in a way that you could use the same script you know like yeah. you know what exactly to say you know like i used to be quite good at selling because i would just like stick to what yes. i know like i would memorize the you know, the spiel of what to, like, say to customers and yeah. things like that. So, but, again, like, trying to meet new customers, trying to get to know them, and, you know, like, trying to find out what they wanted and all that, that was, like, difficult. And it wasn't what I wanted to do either, you know, I was quite shunned, again, for, like, being creative. I wasn't allowed to have... um like certain hair colours, it wasn't allowed to show my tattoos, it wasn't allowed to, you know, um, even when I was like doing window displays, you know, I tried to be a bit creative, but they were like, no, <laughs> you can't, just stick to this. And I was just like, oh. Yeah, that's that's not you. you, you need a bit more freedom and creative flair, definitely. Yeah, so it yeah, just wore down on my soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I ended up having to leave the job I was off on the sick because, you know, my disorder just took over and I lost quite a bit of weight. Um, but I didn't realise, like, that's what it was at the time, you know, like, um, you know, my disorder was all about, you know, because I lost control. I felt like I lost control in my life yeah. and I needed that back, you know, so I didn't really understand it then. Yeah. And I went through all the mental health facilities and, you know, no one noticed wow. I was autistic then, you know, and I was struggling. Um, but, you know, um, I just took the time to build myself up again, you know, and when I was starting to feel better, that's when um, I started at working at the college in the art department. Yeah. So that's when things start to look up again. Right, and you enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, I think any work for an autistic person is quite stressful. Yeah. You know, especially if you are socialising. Um, and I am only doing it part-time, mm-hmm. which is, you know, if I don't think I would be able to, to handle it if it was full-time. Mm-hmm. So I've got the part-time, I've got time to recharge and I've got time to just take it easy and not overload my sensory, you know, issues. Or, yeah. um, and uh, 
it's really just time to relax. Yeah. I think that's, like, that's the most important thing for me is, you know, I need, I do need that time to switch off, you know, and having a child as well, mm-hmm. you know, like, you, there's a lot of control that is taken away from you again mm-hmm. with having a child because you have to dictate to their life. Yes. Um, and although technically you do get to control them, you know, like, to an extent, yeah. they're still their own little person and you still, like, have to care for them. So, you know, it's about trying to find that balance because I was getting to night time and I was exhausted in that as well because... You know, night time isn't really, you know, a best if you're already exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's about, it's about getting that balance, yeah. right? And it does take a long time. And I still, like, I still struggle to get that balance, but I'm getting better because, you know, after my diagnosis, uh, I went into therapy and they did give me some tools to cope, okay. you know, um, I think my social worker was saying that I have to be wisely selfish, as in, like, if, you know, you are feeling exhausted and you've been invited out, you know, like, say, just say no, it's fine to say no, yeah. just take the time to relax, or, you know, if um, I was in a situation like my sensory issues are with noise, I really don't like unexpected noises, mm-hmm. and so that's really... You know, if I'm uh, having to go to a birthday party with, like, a lot of balloons, like, balloons I'm really fearful yeah. of. Um, so, like, my my mum would take ocean to birthday parties because I would just be on edge and it would, like, take me a long time to get over, yeah. you know, the anxiety of being around balloons or being around, like, you know, unexpected noises, like, little kids and balloons. I can't deal with that. I just can't. Um, so it's just about telling people like I don't really like the cinema because of like the unexpected noises when it gets really loud Um, so I only go to the cinema when there's something I really really want to see Mm -hmm. you know and I would be embarrassed to tell people that before you know because they would look at me going why you know like but if I say like I'm autistic and it's a sensory issue They'd be like, oh, right, okay, yeah, I understand yeah. that. You know, yeah. so I don't feel like a little child, you know, like being scared of, you know, noises. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like the, now having a diagnosis helps in so many ways, not only accepting and understanding who yourself is, but also it's like having a... Um, when you're at school and you used to have those little passes to go to the toilet it's almost like having a little card that you can wave to go because because neurotypicals are that they don't compute anything outside the normal unless there's a reason for it you know so if by by saying i can't do this because i'm autistic and it makes me feel like this then that becomes acceptable again in the neurotypical world doesn't it yeah exactly so it's like you don't feel like it's an excuse or you're just being difficult or you're just being weird you know there is a reason for it and you know if if I have to put myself in them situations it takes me a long time to recover from that because I noticed you know after my diagnosis if things 
had upset me or if things, you know, I get annoyed with it or, you know, I really feel upset over it. Like before, I would just keep it in and keep it in and then it would just explode. Whereas now, if things upset me, I just deal with it there and then yeah. and I feel like I can move on quicker. That's great. And it's just, it's just a process that I need to go through. So um, I've tended not to care so much, as much as before people like are looking at me or just like, oh my God, like, why is she crying in the middle of the high street? <laughs> you know, like, it is embarrassing, but if you need to let it out, you need to let it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think what, what I'm getting from you is a real sense of acceptance of yourself in terms of you've really got to know yourself and so if anyone's listening I would say that's one of the tips that I'm getting from you is that really work hard to understand yourself and then Mm -hmm. accept that understanding and and don't be embarrassed by that and share that with people so that they can have an understanding of it too yeah because the thing that really um upset me the most probably about my diagnosis was how I didn't see it Mm. And my husband didn't see it, like we said earlier, you know, and it was only since I'd done research. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not as much research out there for uh, female autism than there is for the males. So, you know, I feel like if I can even just slightly, you know, tell people about myself you know not in a preachy way you know just in a way that you know bringing it into the conversation every so often you know just to give people a bit of knowledge behind it you know that's a good a good thing absolutely to do you know because I think there does need to be some awareness out there yeah well that's it and and you're you're now doing that through your jewellery which you obviously do part-time as well Um, yeah and and some of the stuff that you've got there is is just brilliant so i'm going to show some of it now um so this is my favorite can i get that up to the camera this is aspie cat um so it's a little pin badge um and she is just beautiful she really is and so this is your design your sketch and you've called it aspie cat so tell me about her aspie cat is basically like me if I was a cat which <laughs> is like an alias of you know like a time maker you know which first came out because I wanted people to identify her as like because I think the first one I did of her was like be fabulous be like Aspie cat you know she's a wee bit different she's got a wig on yeah. you know but um, you know, she's got glasses and some of them, and it's like, yeah, she's a wee bit different, but she owns it. You know, she knows what she likes, she knows yes. what she's doing, um, and that's what makes her great. Yeah. You know, that's what makes her really, you know, uh, to stand out and just uh, be accepting of herself. So it's like, yeah, it's just a positive message, like, yeah, you're a little bit different, but who's to say that that's a bad thing? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Because that's so much of what you do is is celebrating the positive side of autism and the uniqueness of it. Um, and um, I'm going to show this other badge as well. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about is why did you call that Aspie cat and not autistic cat or auty cat? 
Because you know how they now say that they don't diagnose Asperger's, so... Yeah, well, I've never seen um, Aspie as, like, a shortened version of Asperger's. Um, you know, I've just seen it as the more, just like a cute little word to describe people on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, I, I know people do associate it with Asperger's, but Aspie, I feel, is just, like... I find it just <clears throat> like um, almost like a positive yeah. um, slang word for yeah. for us, and you know it's um, I just think it's really cute as well. Yeah, it's yeah. cute we want to use, you know, and uh, I think it's um, a positive word as well to use. Totally, yeah, agree. And then I don't know whether people could see this one. Hang on. That one Aspies says, are awesome. Aspies are awesome in a little brain, which is, again, lovely, positive message. And I love the black and white with the little red heart in it. It's dead cool. And then you've got all, all kind of, like, stickers that people get as well. So there's this one, which is you don't look autistic um, either. So, yeah, you don't look autistic either. So explain why that's in there. So that one is... Um... Sometimes when I explain to people that I'm autistic, um, because I don't fit into, you know, the stereotypical look of autistic, being autistic, you know, people are like, oh my God, you don't, you don't look autistic. <laughs> you know, I get that quite regularly. So it's just like, well, you don't look autistic either. <laughs> you know, there's, there's autis autism doesn't have a look, you yeah. know, you can, I'm autistic. You know, and that's that, you know, and I just feel like it's a really, like, bizarre thing to say. Like, mm. I know, like, a lot of them are, like, thinking it's a compliment. Yes. You know, like, oh, you don't like it, but I just find it really weird. Like, I don't see it as a, <laughs> a compliment. Yeah. I just think it's really weird because it almost, like, undermines, you know, like, what I am, I think. It's, it's, you know, because I think it's you know, just because I don't look it doesn't yeah. mean I'm, I, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Now, what do I need to do to look autistic? But it, it's funny, isn't it, that that people assume autism has a look, whereas there are other things like dyslexia that uh -huh. someone wouldn't say you don't look dyslexic because that's yeah. such a silly thing to say because <laughs> no one can look dyslexic, and the same applies to autism. Yet people think it's got a look and I wonder where that has come from I know it's just bizarre to me that people even say it yeah but so that's that's just a little poking a little bit of fun yeah. at that sort of saying yeah no it's good so for your jewellery and your positive kind of message that you want to send out to the world what what's your goal what's your aim what you, what's your dream um I just would like more awareness of autism and also like to for it not to be so stereotypical you know like to celebrate more people like me on the spectrum so people aren't embarrassed to say that they're autistic I want to, uh, people to celebrate that they are on the spectrum um, and just you know like just to be more open about it, you know, it's not something to hide away, it's not something to, you know, be ashamed of, mm 
you know, and I think if more people had the confidence to say that they're autistic, you know, I think it would uh, have such a more positive like influence on their life yeah. as well. Um, and, you know, I would just like people to um, maybe, I don't know what I'm trying to say now. Um, yeah. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> so how how do you think you might do that? How are you hoping to make raise awareness and make a difference? Um, well, I've got uh, my prints that I sell and my jewellery, um, and I've got my Instagram page that I try and share some positivity. Yeah. I mean, it's not all about you know like my experiences with autism. Um, you know, because my page is for everybody. You know, you don't have to be autistic yeah. to like my page. Um, but it's just trying to get the snippets out, out there, you know, like especially my stories, you know, you'll get me saying it. You know, even if, like, I've had a bad day, I might mention it in my stories. Yeah. You know, just to say that, yeah, it is a positive thing um, that I'm trying to celebrate with autism, but you do still have your bad days. It's okay to have bad days. Yes as well you know it's okay to experience um you know bad uh, bad days and um you know be like uh you know like stimming on some videos and mm. you know just uh, uh just to have the um autistic traits that aren't really talked about as well in mainstream yeah no um so- and just to get away from the whole, um, you know, rain man kind of stereotype yeah. that we're all different, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess by being very open and honest about all the aspects of your autism is is showing people that it's okay to be open and honest about all aspects of it. And that in turn will, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, will improve acceptance and understanding as well. That makes a lot of sense. I think Yeah. Well, I think you're doing a great, a great job. Um, and if you want to go and have a look at Tracy's stuff, it's an Etsy shop, isn't it, that you can buy them from? Yeah, uh-huh. So um, it's just um, search Aspie uh, Doodles and Etsy, and you'll find it all. Yeah, we are bring out some acrylic jewellery soon, so yeah, that, that's, that's exciting. exciting. Yeah, and we will also, hopefully by the time this podcast is out and about, we'll also be selling some of Katie's stuff on our website, which is great too. Uh, Tracy's <laughs> stuff on our website. I've, I've just saw a message from Katie, uh, person <laughs> pop up, and that's why Katie jumped in my head, sorry. Um, so yeah, we're selling, we'll be selling some of Tracy's stuff on our website as well, which is dead exciting. So, and that's just the beginning of the partnership. And as I said, we'll have to, we'll keep the rest of it secret for now, but hopefully we'll have some stuff to share soon. Um, so yeah, do, do you have a final message to everyone before we wrap up? Just be awesome, that's it. Brilliant, love it. Short and sweet, just yeah. be awesome. <laughs> well, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out to talk to us. It's been really interesting. And um, whilst it's your story, it's not an uncommon story these days for people to be diagnosed so late. Um, and it's brilliant of you to share that story so honestly with everyone. Great. I hope everyone makes sense of my ramblings. If you take to ramble on. <laughs> I'm sure they will all. So thank you very, very much for your time. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. It's good.
Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never Never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available why not hit subscribe and that way you'll never miss us finally if you're not already a member of our fantastic facebook support group i suggest you go join it we'd love to see you in there there's loads of fantastic chat lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you so go and search on facebook for the chewy gem sensory support group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes speak to you then bye